Hello, hello, and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. That is to say, you are listening to the NTT20 betting show with myself, Ali Maxwell. On the line with me, George Ellick. George, we are proud to be sponsored by Fanslide. We've already grabbed a lot of the listeners who have downloaded and who are playing Fanslide each Friday with us and all the other nights of the week that they have a game on. But there are still some who aren't. You've got 30 seconds to pitch Fanslide to anyone listening <laughs> who hasn't given it a go yet. Right. It is in play fantasy football. If you're listening to this podcast, that is because you like A, watching football, B, betting and gaming on football, and C, maybe me and Ali, or maybe listening to it in spite of us, Ali and I will be playing tomorrow at 6pm a game while watching a match of football. It is exactly bang on brand. There's nothing else to do. We're not allowed to leave the house. It's going to be a fantastic game between Bristol City travelling to Cardiff. That doesn't make sense. I've only got 30 seconds, so it's difficult. And uh, download the app now. We'll be there at 6pm tomorrow. We had over 200 people in the fan side game last Friday. We need to get more. We want more. That was the first ever 200-person game. Let's get up to past 250. I'm very excited. You're very excited. We're all very excited. Fair to say the Coventry-Reading game last Friday did not go the way that we predicted. But Dan Grace, Newport County fan, loving life at the moment with Newport at the top of the table and also won the big pot. It was 150 quid pot, wasn't it, last Yeeks. week, last Friday? I didn't even mention the money. Dan took the top prize, a big winner and a, and a great performance. George, I've got a confession to make. I played fan slide for the United against Arsenal game on Ooh. Sunday. And I was basically treating it like a trip to the driving range where you're, you're basically, you've got a big round, you've got a big fixture coming up and you just want to yeah. tighten a few things up, you know. And as we both know, that trip to the driving range can have the complete opposite effect to what you want. Sometimes you leave not having a clue what has gone wrong, but it's basically can be mucked, very dangerous. It's mucked your whole golf game up. And I feel like that might have happened when I tried to play Fanslide or when I did play Fanslide for United Arsenal because I had Pogba times two and he gave away a penalty. I couldn't get anything right. Mm. I didn't even get many clean sheets despite the fact it was only a one-goal game. It was a complete disaster and I'm pretty nervy <laughs> uh, about the game tomorrow night. Cardiff, Bristol City, 6pm, guys. Please do join us and give it a go tomorrow. It's free to download, free to play, but there is also a £100 pot for that game. Give Fanslide a go this Friday and beyond. This podcast, as if I need to remind you, is about betting and therefore it is for over 18s only. Betting comes with risks and we ask that you know about them. Head to BeGambleAware.org. We just ask that you never bet more than you can afford to lose. Last week on this show was, I would say, quite a successful week. I was two out of three with my Salford nap coming in at a short price, Newport beating Harrogate, Cardiff let me down for three out of three. You only got one out of three, but a three to one <laughs> napping of Wick and Wanderers has to go down, George, as one of your better picks uh, in the in the history of doing this show. You almost got Charlie White Thanks. first goal scorer up. He had a couple of chances at nil-nil but couldn't quite cop. And I picked two centre-backs, didn't I? Dan Scar did not score first to 50-1. to Brandon Cooper did score, but not as 40-1 to first goal scorer. And annoyingly, I always back these guys each way with 365 or with Skybet. But stupidly, I didn't specify that last week. So I can't... <laughs> I, I can't Semantics. I can't claim Brandon Cooper as a essentially a thirteen to no. one winner, uh, even though I'm afraid he can't. That's what he was for me. Um, I don't even know why you're talking about it. To be honest. Well, I just thought I'd bring it up, George. I'd like to know what your nap is from this weekend's action in the championship. What is your best bet? 
My best bet is Middlesbrough draw no bet away at Brentford at around about the kind of nine to four mark, Um, which might seem surprising, but Middlesbrough are basically the side at the moment in the whole of the championship that I am massively upgrading in terms of where I see them in the league. Their last three performances against Coventry, Forest and Blackburn may have only yielded three goals, um, but still seven points during the game midweek against Blackburn. But they were the superior side by miles in all three games. I mean, even against Blackburn, who are a team that we have, even when they've lost this season, they've kind of lost valiantly, lost creating chances. That wasn't the case here. Borough you know, had 20 shots on goal. They dominated the whole game. Neil Warnock said after the match that, you know, he had to credit Blackburn with, you know, defending valiantly and throwing their bodies in front of the ball and stuff. And normally you take manager comments like that with a pinch of salt. But in this case, he was totally justified in saying it. And they're playing against a Brentford side who I think, despite having a fairly decent start to the season, you know, they're not as impenetrable as they, as they often were last season. Uh, especially at home, they seem to be struggling to not acclimatise to the new stadium because they're still playing pretty well. I mean, they, they had the better of the game against Norwich. They were poor midweek against Swansea. And Swansea, if either team deserved to win that one, it probably would have been them. Um, but it just feels like they're kind of there to be got at. And and maybe because of Borough not kind of putting teams to the swords, but still picking up points fairly regularly and not losing since the beginning of the season... I think they're there to be got at. And I think that another Brentford, sorry, another Middlesbrough performance of the level that we've seen recently will give them a very good chance of winning. The draw no bet option is is obviously the way to go because Borough just don't concede very many goals. So a draw is a huge runner here. And I'd much, much rather take the 9-4 draw no bet than the kind of the 7-2 just win only because um, you could see, you know, a, a resilient defensive performance from Borough is part of the reason for this bet and part of the reason why I think it's value. So you don't want to get beat if you've, if you back, um, if you back, if you want to get with Borough and it's a nil-nil draw, or they play well and it's one all or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very much with Borough. For, for those people who followed our point spreads bets um, at the beginning of the season, um, I should caveat this because obviously I tipped up a Borough points sell. Um, I did that myself. I mean, luckily, quite a lot of the other ones we tipped up are doing fairly well, um, so I don't feel too guilty. But I am going to be getting out of my bar a bit um, when the markets come back up sometime in the next 24 hours. So, um, yeah, that means if you would like me, you sold, I'm going to, when it comes back out, I think there's either a cash out button on SpreadX or you can just buy for the same stake just to close. I think it's a marginal loss, um, which is pretty handy given how good they've been. So you're confident that uh, Ivan Tony won't have a tap in from two yards out this weekend, like he seems to every single game at the moment. I mean, he, he, he may well do. He may well, but I'm hoping he doesn't. Okay. Uh, my nap is Barnsley, 2-1 uh, to one to beat Derby. It's doom and gloom for, for County at the moment, isn't it? They lost late on Wednesday night to QPR 1-0, a game in which they racked up or mustered, I should say, about 0.3 expected goals. It was one of their poorest performances under Philip Koku, who's had, what, 55-odd league games at this stage. It's not the right direction of performance to be heading in at this stage, is it? Because uh, this is a a side who have, how many points do they have? Just six points from their 10 league games. Most damning of all, they've scored one goal from open play 
in 10 league games so grim. far. So grim. That's about as miserable as it gets. I think that means that they're the worst attacking team in the league. Like even some of the other teams that haven't scored many goals like Wickham and Sheffield Wednesday, I still think have probably created a little more from open play and have, even if, they, mm. even if they're somewhat rudimentary and, and somewhat direct at times, very obvious ways of attacking the opposition, which can be, and certainly in the case of Wickham, have been recently very, very effective indeed. With Derby, I, I couldn't tell you what the plan is. I couldn't tell you which of their players I think are, are looking likely to improve their form because they just look bereft of confidence. And they come up against a Barnsley side who really chucked one in in midweek as well. A terrible performance against Cardiff. They were second best in every single department. They were comfortably beaten. They are not that good, Barnsley. They are okay, but they're not amazing. I'm not necessarily backing Barnsley because I think they're any great shakes. Uh, you know, their big win so far under Ishmael was against QPR, against 10-man QPR for most of that game. Um, they were they were given a penalty alongside Dickey's red card. So those are the sorts of games that I, I, I don't look at and think like, oh, this is a smashing side. It's just all about Derby, this for me. Koku's been tinkering all over the show. Went 4-2-3-1 in midweek, even though Seems clear to, to basically every observer that that's not the system that suits them and it's not worked. I dare say he'll probably go back to 3-4-3 in this game and try and match up Barnsley to some extent. But if you have two sides playing the same system and one side plays the same system all the time and whose system kind of elevates the squad, which I think is the case with Barnsley, and one side who's chopping and changing all over the show, the players don't know whether they're coming or going and they've got a game every three days. I, just, I think it all points towards... Um, Derby potentially just completely collapsing if Barnsley take the lead early here. And, and there's no reason to think that Barnsley wouldn't be bang at it. Hopefully get a rocket from Ishmael uh, after that midweek performance. I think Woodrow's back in for this one as well, which is pretty crucial to the, to the selection as well. Um, I don't think they should be too knocked back by a, a poor display against Cardiff. And I think in, in the current guys, they are the better side here, Barnsley. Uh, I'm not hugely bothered about their away record. They haven't won yet this season. But I'm trying not to, to focus too much on any team's home and away record at the moment because I really don't think there's there's much you can read into stuff. Um, uh, and I think you can be blinded a little bit at this early stage of the season by the statistical quirks of home and away records. So I'm hoping, well, I'm hoping for the bet's sake, but not for Derby's fan's sake, that there's a chance Derby <laughs> are unconfident, a bit all over the place, and that things could unravel if uh, if Barnsley get ahead. So Barnsley might nap here at uh, two to one. What's next for you? Yeah, sticking to the Jorno bet market. And this time it is my old friends from last Saturday, my old foes from, from July, Wickham, um, away at Nottingham Forest. They are four to one best price. I think the Sky bet, um, Jorno bet here, which I think is massive. It's a massive price, um, understandably, um, for the same reasons I spoke about last week. Wickham's price at the moment, and their price in games seems to be based on data from the whole season, from their performances from the start of the season to now. Whereas in the last three games since Adebayak and Fenham was started up front, we are seeing a totally, totally different Wickham side. They were the better side against Watford. They beat Sheffield Wednesday and kept them pretty easily at arm's length. They then went and beat Birmingham from behind 2-1, again, deserving of their victory. Akinfenwa gives them something so different up front. It just seems to have completely... I mean, I, I am as surprised as anybody here. I mean, I like Bayo as a, as a guy. We've worked with him, but I didn't expect him to be uh, a particularly effective championship player, let alone a player who is currently kind of causing Wickham to have a massive jump in performances. Whether that lasts for very long, I'm not particularly sure. I'm sure some 
managers will work out that they have to just cut off the supply line to Akinfenwa and find a way to win the aerials against him. But so far, no one is really able to do that. Forest have been fine um, under Chris Eaton. They haven't been much better than fine, but they've been fine. They, they won 2-1 at home to Coventry um, yesterday with a 97th minute penalty. Coventry had enough chances in that game that it could have really gone either way. I don't think Forest were necessarily the, the kind of deserving late winners not to they didn't deserve it but you know I don't it wasn't kind of one of those goals where it was coming all game and they finally got ahead it was pretty marginal stuff I just think the Wickham if they put in the same performance they're putting against Watford against Sheffield Wednesday against Birmingham are going to give them loads and loads of problems so you know, the two points separate these two in the league you've got a really buoyant side in, in Wickham coming to this they won't they've got the you know the monkey off their back in terms of of getting a win Nothing really to fear now. Some belief they can actually stay up, given that a win here would take them out of the relegation zone at the expense of Forest. Four to one is a massive price. A massive price. I'm up for it. That's for sure. My next best is Millwall, who I think will beat Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. Uh, they are best price around 2.7 and they are heading up to Hillsborough off the back of a nil all draw with Norwich, uh, a game where Millwall had four shots, none of which were on target, and Norwich had 26 shots, uh, of which six were on target, many of them from range. Millwall's away game approach at the moment is, uh, well, it's strong defensively, I think would be a kind way of putting it, uh, and it's been pretty effective for them. They've done okay on their travels this season and it's notable that they do play a little bit differently. They do set up more defensively and they really do try and make the most of teams' frailties on the counter-attack. I think that they're, that these two sides will set up playing very similar systems, most likely three at the back systems. I don't expect this to be a, a one for the neutral in terms of a spectacle, but the bookies have pretty much got both sides around the same price and I see Millwall as at the very least, a mid-table slash lower top half team. I'm still the same old issues about them sort of long-term and projecting whether or not they might push into the playoffs. I, I still think chance creation and coming from behind, if they concede the first goal, are big issues for this side. But the strengths are still there as well. You know, everything we've always said about Millwall um, remains and they, they are probably more of an attacking threat this year than they have been last season even if at times it can still be um you know it can still be quite dry i just think there's going to be a lot of aerial duels in this one i think we can all agree with that there's going to be a lot of set pieces hoisted into the area i think mill will just have the edge over sheffield wednesday probably in every single department by a certain amount not loads and loads but a certain amount um and i who knows what the news about sheffield wednesday's point deduction being reduced from 12 to 6 will have I, of course it will give the the, the team a boost, the club a boost. But this is a side who beat Bournemouth in midweek, Sheffield Wednesday, thanks to a Bannon penalty. I mean, I couldn't believe it was given as a penalty. Not in a million years for me. Um, and you know I don't normally opine about <laughs> refereeing decisions. But I even messaged you at the time being like, that's an absolute shambles. <laughs> I think yeah. when Windass took it round the keeper, Steve Cook just sort of eased him off it, um, sort of shoulder to shoulder. And the ref sent him off and gave a pen. So that was a good win I'm for really Sheffield Wednesday. They'd previously lost four in a row to Brentford, Luton, Rotherham and Wickham. And I think that's a better indicator of this side's uh, current level than the 1-0 win. Uh, with a shambles penalty against Bournemouth. So I'm happy to be on the side of Millwall at 2.7 this weekend as they travel to Sheffield Wednesday. So Barnsley and Millwall, my two picks so far. Where are you off to next? Off to Rotherham. 
Oh, um, nice. I wish I was off to Rotherham, but I'm not, sadly. But I am for the purpose of this podcast. Uh, and I'm backing Preston because, and this is pretty quick, um, because they're playing away from home. Is that, is that enough of an answer? No. Because <laughs> their, their away form is, I mean, it's, it, it's too good, really, to continue. They've won four of their five away games during the other ones. So they're unbeaten at home this season. They played five and lost five. That is bonkers, especially given they're a team in the past who've relied pretty heavily on their home form as well, in the recent past. Um, what's going on? I don't know. I don't have the answers as to why this is happening. All I have the answer to is thinking that going away from home to one of the poorest sides in the division in Rotherham, who have at times put in some fairly decent performances, it must be said, the Sheffield Wednesday win a couple of weeks ago, the game against Norwich um, a bit before that as well. But, you know, at 11 to 8, 13 to 10, um, that has to represent value for Preston, you know, who went away to Reading, a Reading side who hadn't conceded a goal at home, um, who'd won every single game. And then they went there midweek and won 3-0, missing a penalty as well at 0-0. Um, it just, it's another occasion of same again, please, Preston. If if this goes true to form, true to the way they've been playing on the road, then it's, it, it's going to be another victory. So... Yeah, Preston North End carrying on their their remarkable away form. It, it's it's frustrating because I often think with these sequences stuff, you almost want to get against the sequence. And in a way, if if Preston were playing a side away from home who like a borough or someone, then that would be my thinking. But I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think it will take much to beat Rotherham. So Preston, it is. Okay, okie dokie. I quite liked that one as well. As you know, that was on my on my long list, so I'll co-sign it, maybe give it the kiss of death there for you. So my third selection is actually not a, a team to win. It's, it's a, just one of those little nuggets of research that you stumble across and you, and you don't really want to ignore. I was just having a look at some of the FA Cup prices for this weekend, and I think, I think both of us are, are, are not that keen to punt on FA Cup first round games. It's almost impossible generally, even more so after three midweek rounds of fixtures in a row, to predict... Who will start for which team? It's it's hard sometimes to know what the true strength of a team's second string is. It's obviously very difficult for us to, to have any particularly strong opinions or knowledge on non-league teams, given that we have enough <laughs> enough of a task on our hands keeping up with 72 in the EFL. So it's not something that I'm <clears throat> particularly keen on on trying to give a ton of insight into. But I was looking at the, the Harrogate-Skelmersdale game, which is on Friday evening. And... I think there's a first goal scorer bet, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited about it. It's a little bit statsy this, but basically, I was looking at the first goal scorers uh, for context. Harrogate are nine to one on to win this game. Uh, I don't know how good Skelmersdale are. Obviously, we 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 think Harrogate are pretty good, but Skelmersdale clearly not a strong side. And so when you when you're nine on, you'd expect your strikers to be exceptionally short to score first and the bookies have got Jack Muldoon as Harrogate's main goal threat priced up at 15 to 8 to score first that is pretty short for a first goal scorer bet Um, and they've got Aaron Martin at 7 to 2 now Muldoon's got six goals this season to Martin's two so I can understand why the bookies would have him as as a significantly larger goal threat but if you look at the underlying numbers uh, using Y Scout here, Muldoon's six goals have come from 
expected goals at 0.28 XG per 90. And Aaron Martin has got two goals this season from 5.06 XG, uh, which is 0.48 expected goals per 90. So I know it's some for some people this just seems ridiculous to say, but if you just take out whether their shots have gone in or not, Martin has been <laughs> has has been Harrogate's main goal threat in terms of chances being created for him or, or, or getting shots off. And he's clearly underperforming, just two goals from that five expected. And generally, we would think that unless he's just an absolutely horrendous footballer, which I don't think he is, uh, generally we think that, that you know, as the as the matches progress, if he keeps getting in those positions, then the goals will start flowing. So he's 7-2 to two here compared to Muldoon at 15-8. to eight. And I think Martin if he starts, uh, might actually be Harrogate's main goal threat. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be backing Aaron Martin of Harrogate at 7-2 to, to score first. Uh, and it'd be quite fun if that one came in. So good luck to me. Uh, what, what, good what? luck to you. I mean, I, I do think it's it's an interesting angle. and I, I think, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but <clears throat> first round FA Cup weekend always provides some quite tasty um, first goal scorer bets, I think. I mean, exactly down that line. Find, ideally, find you'd know the, the lineups, wouldn't you? Yeah, but just basically find the big, um, the big favourites, the heavy odds on favourites like Harrogate. Find out who their most likely goal scorer is and see if it tallies, because um, they'll often be ones. It's the same with international friendly sometimes that, as well. That's what I did, mate. Ones. That's what I no, did. I know. Do I get a gold no. badge? Yes. Thank you. Uh, what's your uh, bonus selection this week? It's, it's a very, very kind of um, sceptical <laughs> You one. really know um, how to sell these. Well, it's, it's an FA Cup bet, and it's just it's, it's basically Peterborough minus two at Oxford. Um, because I don't think, given the, the poor starts of the season, I don't think Oxford are going to be prioritising this game at all. There's already, the defensive issues are so clear and blatant. Um, and have already been exploited by Peterborough fairly recently in, in the away tie in the league, which they won 2-0. Um, the backup left-back for Oxford is a youth teamer who hasn't played any first-team football yet, who might well get a run out because Josh Ruffles just plays every minute of every game. Sam Long will likely be playing centre-back again. Sean Clare um, still isn't a right-back. I just, it, it's one, because the it's it's not as important as a home game, I, th- I think Peterborough are a bet anyway. You know, although it wouldn't be a massive surprise, you know, if Oxford played well and turned up as they can do in one. It just feels like feasibly if things, if the line, if, if Oxford's lineup is is poor and there are youth teamers brought in and players rested on top of the already defensive deficiencies um, and they go behind early, then you could see Peterborough are quite clearly a side who can rack up goals very quickly, as we've seen in recent weeks. You look at what happened in the Shrewsbury game the other day. Um, so, yeah, Posh minus two at nine. This is my bonus. OK, I've got two more goal scorers to tell you about. And only one of them is a centre-back. I also, in the Championship this weekend, I'm going to be backing Andre Ayew to score first for Swansea against Norwich City. Uh, he's a, he's around 13-2 to two to score first in this game. I'm really looking forward to watching this game just in general and maybe it'd be better for me to watch it as a neutral. But I mean, just watching Ayu recently, I think he's one of those players who, because of his pedigree, because he's such a well-known name and it and it always felt a bit weird that he was playing in the championship on this ridiculously high wage and you just kind of assumed that either he would move on, which of course he did. He went out on loan, didn't he? The first season they were down under Pote, he wasn't around. 
And even throughout last season, there was a feeling of like, yeah, there's this guy who's playing up front for Swansea who's got like 100 caps for Ghana, kind of still more or less in his prime, age 30, on like upwards of 80 to 90 to 100 grand a week. But like, you know, it's not, he's not that, he's not really doing much. And I think towards the back end of last season, we started to see that he really was impacting games. He obviously had a big playoff semi-final first leg. And I just think, I think we probably don't talk about him enough because it's just assumed that he's absolute class because everyone already knows about him. And it's just so random that a player like him would be playing in the championship. But just to reiterate, he is absolutely class. And I think at the moment, he's he's on an absolute tear. He was a menace against Brentford in midweek. And if you look back all season, and certainly in the games recently, he's just he's just a nightmare to defend against. He is constantly on the move. You know, he he's getting on the end of a lot of chances in the six yard box. I think he's had the most shots apart from Ivan Tony inside the six yard box of any striker in the championship this season. His underlying numbers are very good. Um, his XG numbers are excellent, and it's just really an awkward player to play against. And at the moment, for whatever reason, just seems like fully motivated, fully up for it. Um, and a constant threat, taking a ton of shots as well. I think three a game or three per 90, that's um, certainly in the top five in the division. So uh, I'm going to take Ayu to score first. Uh, Norwich's defensive record is decent, but if I think of on, uh, if I think of Andre Ayu, you know, and I think of Grant Hanley, I think to myself, I reckon Ayu can have some joy there. Uh, and my centre-back this week, I'm not going to pick Harry Suter very often, which is a shame because he's so tall and I think he's... <laughs> going to score a lot of goals as we know he's got four international goals already from just two games uh for australia uh, but he's normally pretty short him and him and jake cooper and sean raggett these are the guys that every week when i look at the stats i'm like i want to back these guys but they're sort of sometimes they're as short as 16 to 1 or 20 to 1 and i'd, I'd, I'd rather find the guys like brandon cooper or Jake Cooper, as it was last season, around the 40s, 50s mark, who haven't scored yet and try and get in front of it. But I'm going to take Suter at 28-1 to 1 this weekend um, to score against Reading. I think that's probably about as long as he will get. I don't think we'd see him touching 33s, sadly, because the bookies know that the bloke's an absolute mountain and, uh, you know, th- therefore he's liable to get first contact on a lot of set plays. Um, Reading, I, th- I-, I assume, will still be without Liam Moore. We saw how much that affected them. Uh, on the weekend, A, in terms of just defensive skill. Tom McIntyre had a very tough game, didn't he? But also in terms of organisation. Um, they've got a few... They're a funny team, Reading, when it comes to defending set pieces because obviously Morrison, very, very solid. The fullbacks are not the biggest or the best in the air. Rinomota and Josh Laurent sitting in front, not the biggest or best in the air. Probably Lucas Zhao, you'd say, or Alpha Semedo, who's quite gangly, are probably their second and third like defensive set-piece defender options. <laughs> I did not know where that <laughs> sentence was going. And when you come up against a, a, um, a Stoke side with plenty of, of aerial threats, I just that makes me quite excited. So I'm going to be on Suter at 28-1. to one. Can, you, can you physically say his name without saying it in a Scottish, Scottish accent? Harry Suter. <laughs> I mean, you can just say it in your own accent. But... No, I'd rather say it in, in a Scottish or Australian accent. Harry okay. Suter. There you go. That sounds Lovely. stupid, doesn't it? It yes. sounds like a suitor, like something from Pride and Prejudice or something. Correct. She's got quite the suitor, young Harry. Uh, mm. Anyway, <laughs> hey, let's think ahead to tomorrow evening then, George. 6 p.m., Cardiff and Bristol City will kick off live on Sky. 
Sadly, we won't be in the studio for this one. We've got a, a week off, two weeks off as well, including the international break. But we will be playing Fanslide. We would like to break all of our records. And we think that with everyone settled indoors, with the heating on full blast, tuning in at 6pm to watch Cardiff Bristol City with us, that we will break our Fanslide record of circa 220 people. There's a £100 prize pot as well, and it's free to enter, free to download, free to play. And what I'd like to know is what you think will happen in this game, because it could go some way to deciding what a certain strategy might be for Fanslide. Yeah, we've been pretty good with our Friday Fanslide um, game bets. I, I got the first two up at decent prices. Last week I had Lucas Zhao last goal scorer, which was winning during the second half, but then there were about three more goals happened, so it didn't win. Um and you are right. It, it's a good way of kind of looking through it is a good way of getting prepared for, for playing the game because you want to have a good idea of the way you think the game is going to unfold. Um, and I am very excited for six o'clock tomorrow, not only to watch the game, but also to play. And also the fact that when I tell my girlfriend that I have to watch the game at six, it is genuinely work because I have to play Flanstide, which I want to do anyway. So everyone is happy except for my girlfriend. But um, yeah, yeah. Generally, these Friday night games have been fairly entertaining. Last Friday, we saw a a game between Reading and, and Coventry that had, you know, a pretty low expected goal line. I think it was kind of about two point two five. It was the midpoint in the spreads, maybe a bit lower, but it was a five goal thriller. Um, and I kind of think that this one might have a fair few goals in it as well. The, the defensive shape of Bristol City in recent weeks has been very poor, especially against Norwich. Um, and Cardiff's attacking proficiency has certainly dramatically improved recently, although there have been a few penalties from Joe Rawls sort of helped boost that. But again, it just, it just feels to me like two sides who are better, who are at their best going forward, really. Cardiff haven't kept a clean sheet or hadn't kept a clean sheet for five or six games before the Barnsley result uh, in midweek. Um, I think Bristol City clearly have in their ranks, you know, the, the Wells-Martin strike partnership is is one that causes teams problems, as well as the attacking setup of the midfield as well. Jamie Patton coming off the bench and scoring means he should start on, on Saturday. It, I just think it's going to be pretty open. Um, that is my thoughts here. Um, I don't think either side will come looking to set, up, to set up shop early on. I think Cardiff will be keen to build on their win. And that should mean that we see action at both ends of the, of the pitch. It, it's not a particularly glamorous bet this one it's not going to make you too rich but about the five you know pick em prices for BTTS so both teams to score and I'm going to lean on the side of yes which is around about the five to six mark very nice I pretty much agree with everything you've said there I am finding it hard to have a strong opinion on who will win this game because I don't really know which side will turn up on both sides of the coin Cardiff and Bristol City this season through 10 games have put in some very, very strong performances and they've both put in some really, really dire performances. And the same can be said for, for, for most many teams at this level, I think it's fair to say, but certainly with these two. So it's difficult to know who, who will turn up. Um, I think it's going to be a classic championship game. I think both sides will have some spells. There'll be some good quality football. There'll be some bad quality football. It'll be pretty evenly matched, as you've said. I don't think it will be a goal fest personally. But I think that there'll be some swings here and there. One team will take the lead for 1-0. The other team will score an equaliser. That's the way it'll finish. 1-1. I'm actually going to just punt the draw because the one all price is pretty short. I'm going to take 3.4 for the draw here just in case it really is 
um, dry and ends up as a as a as a pretty dire nil nil. Uh, so the draw for me is my selection here, three point four. I'm interested to know uh, how people will approach this one in terms of fan slide strategy. Um, sometimes if you think it's going to be really low scoring, you see people pack their first few slots with uh, with defensive players. But yeah, it might be it, it might be that Cardiff start on a bit of a high. Um, and with Kiefer Moore looking very, very sharp indeed, as well as mm-hmm. Wells and Martin and Semenyo coming off the bench looking really good. There's there's quite a lot to think about here, um, I, I, I should say. So uh, it's going to be fascinating and we're going to be playing and we hope that you will be playing too on Fanslide tomorrow night. Please do download the app. Please do join us in the chat room. We'll be chatting about the game as it goes as well. Uh, it's all free to download and free to play. There is a £100 prize pot as well, so uh, a bit of cash if you finish in the top five. Go well, everyone. Thank you so much for listening this week. I'm just going to recap my selections quickly, uh, and then George will do the same. I'm picking Barnsley and Millwall to win in the championship. Barnsley is my nap. I'm also picking Aaron Martin for Harrogate to score first. Hopefully he starts that game, so make sure you stay tuned on Friday night when the lineups come out. And Andre Ayew as well to score first for Swansea against Norwich. And Harry Sutter to score first for Stoke against Reading at 28-1. to In the Cardiff-Bristol City game, I'm taking a draw. And hopefully, I'm taking top spot in Fanslide. But on current form, it feels unlikely. Uh, what about you, George? My nap is Borough at Brentford um, at about 9-4. to Draw no bet. Uh, next best was Wickham at Forest around about four to one or that is standout start sky bet it's about seven to two three to one elsewhere uh draw no bet again preston to win away at rotherham um and then peterborough minus two so winning by three goals or more away at oxford in the fa cup is a wild dart at nine to one and then btts in the friday night game and please join us on fan slide because we want to see you there i am very very excited to play Enjoy, guys. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, Do tweet us at NTT20Pod if you've got any questions, queries and or problems. We'll see you on Fanslide tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend.